morning to all of you. It's great to be here today. Uh, we are glad to be able to continue our uh, Faith Promise Month uh, celebration. Uh, many of you have been filling out your Faith Promise commitments for this next year. We've been receiving them, and we encourage you to, uh, if you haven't yet uh, made your commitment for uh, March of this year through February of next year, please do that. You've been faithfully giving, and we're very, very close to reaching our goal for uh, the year 2122. And so if you still have uh, your offerings uh, for this uh, fiscal year, we invite you to do that before the end of this month. Now, this is something really exciting that is happening today. Um, the Lord has worked it out in an unusual way. We are going to have the Mosers come and speak tonight, but because of that uh, football game, we decided to change it to Sunday morning in a Sunday school class. Well, our pastor and his wife are gone, and we're praying for them as they're gone. But that opened up this morning for the Mosers to come to speak to us. And you, I said this morning, we were down in Middleton already. I said that if you don't leave the church more blessed than when you came, then there's something wrong with your blesser. Okay. You, this is exciting stuff that is going on in our backyard. If you can say Utah's in our backyard, I guess it is. They... Um, the Mosers, Lindley and Chris, are ministering in the Salt Lake City area right now and hope to expand that work over a period of years. And God has been answering our prayers. Uh, the district is sponsoring uh, them along with the local churches. And today we will have the op opportunity to help sponsor them also. They are responsible. They need to uh, raise some of their own support. And so all that you give in cash or in checks that are today that are marked for them, we will be giving that offering to them. And if you're online or if you want to wait and do this on your app or on the, on the website, you can give at a later time. Chris and Lindley um, Moser have been in ministry for about the last 20 years. They have a couple of sons. Uh, 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 Preston, and I can't remember the other boy's name, I'm sorry, an uh, 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 18-year-old and a 12-year-old, and it's good to have sons. We have enough at our house already, and uh, we, uh, we want to learn how to love this couple. They are doing a hard work, but a great work in Utah, and they'll give us all the details on that. They've been in ministry, as I said, for the last 20 years in Texas, mostly. Um, you'll never guess when you hear them talk where they come from. Uh, you'll know it at least south of the Mason-Dixon line because they have, they have a southern Idaho accent or something like that. It's, uh, you'll, uh, you will enjoy them. And uh, I invite, uh, I think it's going to be uh, Lindley that comes first this morning. And uh, would you uh, welcome them today in our midst? Amen. Well, thank you, Dave, so much. And we're going to try to talk slow because sometimes we get in trouble when we get excited with our Texas accent and we start talking a little fast. Um, and so we're so glad to be here. I might feel a little bit more at home if I could say, howdy, y'all. 
Oh, see, you just fell right into it. And it's so good to be here uh, this morning and to share with you. We are so blessed to be a part of the Intermountain District Church family and to be a part of churches that we get to partner with, uh, like College Church. And uh, College Church has partnered with us in some very meaningful ways and has affirmed the work that's happening uh, on the mission field at Utah. One of the most meaningful ways uh, that you have affirmed the work that's happening in Utah is through the sending out of one of your own. Uh, Pastor Grant and Teresa moved to Utah uh, a little over uh, or over three years ago. And what a blessing they have been to our mission field and to the work that's happening in Utah. And then just as a bonus is icing on the cake, God orchestrated for Thomas Henry and his wife Carly uh, to move to the area to serve as our resident directors uh, for our residency home. And Carly uh, is also serving as our Utah area administrative director. And what a blessing that is. And that is a direct result of the sending out that has happened here uh, from College Church. Uh, in just a few moments, uh, Chris is going to join me here and we're going to share with you a little bit more about the Utah mission field and what God is doing there and the work that's happening and ways that you can get involved and we'll introduce our family to you and, and our boys. Um, but I want to invite you for just a few mo moments uh, to join me this morning as we consider together and as we dive a little bit deeper into this word sent, and closely tied to this word sent is the word mission. And now when you hear the word mission, depending on what uh, your background is growing up, uh, you might have a certain definition or an idea that comes to mind when you hear the word sent. I am a fourth generation Nazarene. Uh, I'm a fourth generation Nazarene pastor and preacher. I like to say, if you cut me, I might just bleed a little bit of holiness and sanctification, I hope, uh, because I just, I was raised uh, as a Nazarene. And so I, when I think of the word mission, I think of uh, my home church growing up, when I would hear the word mission, I would often think of missionary. I would think of the missionaries that would come and share about uh, the works that they were doing across the world. I always loved looking at the artifacts that they would bring from the country that they were serving in. I would also think of when I would hear the word mission, I would think of uh, mission trips that we would take as a, a church and that we would go to different areas and serve. This is what I had in my mind when I would hear the word mission. But, but this morning, I, I want to invite us to imagine for just a few moments, what if when we say the word mission, we're not simply talking about the activity of the church, the times when missionaries come in and the times when we have opportunities to go on mission trips. All of those are good things. Those are things that as a church, we should be a part of. But what about if when we talk about the word mission, we're not simply talking about the activity of the church, we're actually talking about the very being and the very nature of the church. What if when we use the word sent, we are talking about the reality that mission is not only what we do, mission is actually who we are. 
because we were created to be missional. Uh, the doctrine of mission uses this word missio dei. Uh, it's defined simply as a missional God. The word missio is the, the Latin word for our English word sent. So when we use this phrase missio dei, what we really are saying is that God is a missionary God. God is a sending God. See, God as a missionary, he sent his son into this world. And Jesus, as a missionary, came to this world, and then he sent his spirit into this world. And the spirit, as a missionary, as being sent, has a purpose in this world. And then Jesus says, as the Father has sent me, now I am, and church say together, now I am doing what? Sending you. And we begin to see this nature of a missional God, a God who is sending out. This is his very nature. Missiologist Alan Hirsch says there's no such thing as an unsent Christian. Because this is who we are. If you are a Christian, you are sent out because that's what it means to participate in the very nature, the very being of who God is. And as the church of Christ, the, the fellowship of believers, we not only send others out, as a part of who we are as the church, but we ourselves are personally sent out. And that's a scary proposition. It's one thing to send others out, right? But it's another thing when we begin to talk about what does it mean for God to send us out individually? Have you ever had a moment in your life where you said, uh, uh, or you were called to do something that you didn't want to do? Anybody? Have you ever been faced with a situation where you were asked to step into the unknown? I remember the night that Chris and I rolled into Beaumont, Texas. Uh, we rolled in about uh, midnight one night with our U-Haul trailer, rolled up into our new home and pulled into our driveway. And we had gone there uh, to plant a church using a, a model that's often referred to as a parachute church plant. What that means is that there's no sponsoring church, uh, there's no mother church, if you will, no sending church. A couple or uh, an individual or family simply parachutes into a community and begins to build relationships with the people they're meeting in the community. And out of that, uh, they begin to recruit people to be a part of a launch team and they launch a church. We moved into Beaumont with our U-Haul trailer, pulled up to our house, and the silence was deafening because there was no church there to help us unload. Have you noticed Chris is 6'6", six, six, I'm 5'1", removing a refrigerator together, let me tell you, it was a little interesting. Uh, there was nobody there to welcome us. There were no delicious casseroles that people had made for us to enjoy. Nothing. We were moving into a city where nobody knew we were coming and quite frankly, nobody cared. 
And I remember over the next few days as we were unpacking our boxes, I remember I can see it in my mind still. I was sitting on the floor unpacking a box, tears rolling down my face, and I said, God, I don't know how to do this. Have you ever been there? It's those moments where you say, God, I'm not sure if you realize, but um, you're calling me to do something that I am really unqualified to do. Why don't you call and you give the name of somebody that's more qualified than you? God, I don't know if you realized, but uh, somebody else could do a better job than me. And I remember three years ago as we rolled into Utah, some of the same thoughts were going through our mind. Although we had an amazing group of people helping us unpack and delicious casseroles to eat, there was still this idea and this thought going through our minds of saying, uh, God, I, you're going to have to show up here. Isn't it amazing that God shows up in our weakness? In Beaumont, 14, year, or 14 years, oh mercy, uh, 14 months, it felt like 14 years uh, at times, 14 months after we rolled into that uh, into our driveway, we planted a brand new church, and in the first year, over 100 people gave their hearts to Jesus. God did an amazing work, and we praise God. God is doing some amazing things on the Utah mission field, but there's those moments where you say, God, we're going to need a little bit of help here. And maybe you haven't moved to plant a church. Maybe that's not what God has called you to, but you have your own story because God has sent you out to do something that you felt unqualified to do because this is who God is. God is a sending God. And scripture gives us a clear picture of the sending nature of God early uh, in the book of Genesis, it's the call of Abraham. Join me there in Genesis 12. And here's what it tells us. The Lord said to Abraham, go out from your land, your relatives, and your father's house to the land that I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. I will curse anyone who treats you with contempt and all the peoples on earth will be blessed through you. I'm fascinated by the sending of Abraham. God says to Abraham, go away from what's familiar. Go away to a foreign land and it's there, Abraham, that I'm going to bless you and I'm going to fulfill my promises to you. And I've often wondered, why wouldn't God just bless Abraham in his hometown? Why? This was his community. This was his people. Wouldn't it make sense that God would bless him among the people that he loved the most so that they could celebrate together all that God was doing? And then we read on and we see that Abraham, if you read on in chapter 12, it tells us that he goes through the land of Canaan, pitching his tents and journeying along the way. To pitch your tent gives us the description that he was never quite settled. He just kept roaming and going from place to place looking for where it was that God was sending him, where God wanted to bless him. And I just say to myself, God, why here? And I wonder, could it be that in the sending that Abraham was thrust into a position where he could receive the miracle? 
If Abraham had stayed in his hometown, among people that loved him, people that supported him, people that were there with him and understood him, if Abraham had stayed in his hometown, maybe he might be tempted to look to other people and other things and familiarity to fulfill the promises of God, maybe when God wasn't showing up as quickly as Abraham wanted him to. Maybe that's why God sent him away out into the wilderness. Because see, when you're out in the wilderness and when you're in foreign territory, you're looking for the miracle of God because that is your lifeline. When you're out in the wilderness, the promises of God cannot be forgotten because they're all you have. Maybe it was that God sent him out into foreign territory because it was there that Abraham was going to be on his knees looking to a holy God for the miracles and the promises and not to what was familiar. And so God says, go. And it's there that I'm going to show you miracles. Have you ever heard someone make this statement or have you made this statement? I wish we could see the same kind of miracles that we saw in Abraham's time. Friends, Hebrews 13 tells us that we serve a God who is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So the same God that was performing miracles in Abraham's time is the same God that is in this room today, and he wants to perform those kind of miracles in you and me. He does. He hasn't changed. The question might be that we should be asking, am I in a position to receive the miracles that God wants to give me? Am I in a position to see the promises of God and to hold on to the promises of God in this moment? Oh, we, we want the miracles, don't we? We want the miracles, but we don't want the messy. We want the miracles, but we don't necessarily want to be in a position where we need a miracle. But it's not a miracle if you don't need one. And maybe, just maybe, God wants to place us in positions where there is no other option but for us to say, God, if you don't, it won't. If you don't show up, God, this is all going to fall apart. And friends, I want to encourage you, give God a chance to do a miracle in your life. But know this, the miracle might possibly be connected to the sending out. It might be that God's going to send you out into unknown and unfamiliar territory in order to do a miracle in your life because God is a missionary God. God is a sending God. And I don't know where God's sending you. Maybe God's sending you to the neighbor across the street. Maybe God's sending you into your workplace. Maybe God's sending you to a family member. Or maybe God's calling you like he called Pastor Henry and Teresa to pack up and move to Utah. By the way, I'll give you my phone number after this and you can call me about that, okay? The reality is God might be calling you to do something completely and totally unexpected. And the question simply is, what is going to be our answer? But of this I am sure, friends, I don't know where God is sending you, but I know God is sending you because that is who God 
is. And a miracle just might be waiting in the wings. Because it's God's priority to restore all of humanity back to himself. This is God's priority. God's priority is to bring humanity back into relationship with him and fellowship with him. 2 Peter 3, 9 tells us that it is not God's will that any would perish, but that all would come to repentance. That is God's priority. Why do we plant churches? Why do we start new works? Why do we reach our community? Because there is a world out there that God is already at work in. Because it's his priority to bring all people back to him. So you want to see a miracle? Begin to get in close proximity to that which is God's priority and the miracles will abound. As we reach new communities, as we go into hard places, God will show up. I am sent and you are sent. This is who we are. In just a few moments, we're going to share with you about the Utah mission field, and we celebrate being a part of ascending church like College Church that sends people out, that participates in that. That is who we are as a church. We participate together in sending one another out and supporting, supporting that activity of sending. But we can't miss this today, church. We as the people of God, individually, we're sent out. We don't get a free card. We are all sent into this world. This is a valuable part of who we are. So I want to ask you this morning, where is God sending you? Where does God want to position you in such a place that a miracle is needed? What is it that God wants to do in your life right now that if he doesn't show up, it's not going to happen? How is God calling you? And then the question just simply is, would you say yes? Would you allow God to send you out into the world around you to be his light and his hope? And I pray that as we do that, that this will be our anthem and this will be our call as God's people. How then can they call on him they have not believed in? And how can they believe without hearing about him? And how can they hear without a preacher? By the way, your life is a sermon. If you have breath in your lungs and you are sharing the hope of Jesus Christ, you're a preacher. Amen. I like that. And how can they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. And God, that's our cry today. Lord, help us to be faithful to bring the good news of the gospel to those around us. Lord, I pray that not only as a church that we would answer the call to be ascending church, but God, that we would answer the call to be people who are sent ourselves. Lord, as we go out into the world around us this day, may we be a light to those around you. May we see those places where you are at work and join you there. Father, put us in close proximity to those places where we need to see a miracle.
And we praise you in advance knowing that you are faithful, that you will give us miracles, that you will answer your promises. And Jesus, we thank you for the work that you're doing. In Jesus' name we pray. And together, church, we said, amen, amen. Well, I'm going to invite Chris to join me up here. And as he does that, would you check out this video about the Utah mission field? ways that uh, you can get involved uh, here in the Utah mission field, but um, we wanted to spend just a few minutes just talking a little bit about um, our journey um, here. And as Lindley mentioned, um, we moved to Utah almost three years ago and uh, as to serve as field strategy coordinators and as lead pastors at what used to be uh, Salt Lake City First Church, the Nazarene. Um, as we got on the ground, we identified um, different things that we felt like God was leading us to. And so we worked with Salt Lake City First Church to um, revision and, and have ch some church renewal happen and rename to uh, Movement Church. And um, it's been exciting to see God move um, over the years. We've, we've been in ministry for uh, about 20 years, over 20 years. I've served in uh, corporate America for about 10 years uh, before going into full-time ministry um, while Lindley was, was serving there. And, um, but we were called to serve together. And church planting was um, how we started out in our journey leading together. And as Lindley mentioned, we, we planted a church down in um, southeast Texas. Um, but as we've done ministry, um, we like to call it the family farm. Um, ministry is a family farm to us. And so uh, we've been married for 22 years, but we have two amazing boys um, that you can see here. Uh, Preston, who is now a freshman um, at Mid-America. And Lindley just said he, uh, he was 18 uh, in passing, but he's not 18. He just turned 19 this last week, which really <laughs> feels like we're getting oh. old. But anyway, <laughs> we also have Cooper, who is 12 uh, and uh, is a seventh grader. Um, what's exciting for us is Preston, um, who really got to see uh, the workings of the start of a new church. 
um, who's now 19. Um, that church is celebrating their 10-year anniversary this September. Um, and so we're excited about that. But he was able to see this um, new work together as a family grow. And so this family farm has grown over the years and um, everybody chips in um, and works together. And Preston is actually studying ministry and business. Um, he wants to um, continue in the family farm. Um, he's passionate about church planning and wants to be a church planner himself. But, um, but we are excited. As we got on the ground here, we joined a team of faithful pastors and lay leaders um, that had been serving in this field, uh, doing the work of bringing the gospel to a unique area. And, um, you know, Utah is a mission field of over 3.3 million people. If you just were to look at the, the whole state, right, um, there's about 2 million uh, people that are in the Salt Lake City area. As the video mentioned, it's one of the youngest states in America. It's one of, it's the second fastest growing state in the country, <laughs> um, only to, you guessed it, Idaho. <laughs> so we're friends in the, in the growth front, right? There's so much opportunity. But there's so many people moving in from so many different places um, from all across the world, um, really. Um, but despite this large population, Utah is only 3% evangelical Christian. And to bring it down even closer in perspective, that represents only three Nazarene churches for the entire state of Utah. And so what we like to say is, well, there's a million people for every, for every church. Right? <laughs> but we want to change that. And so a part of um, who we are and, and what we really feel called to do is to bring exposure to the mission field of the whole state of Utah. Um, this mission field has changed over the years and doesn't, I, I feel like, does not fit the stereotypical mold that maybe we have seen 10, 15, 20 years ago because of all of the growth that's happening. Um, there's 160 people moving into the area every day, 160 every day. And so it's growing at a rapid pace. It changes things dramatically. And so there's a lot of opportunity there um, for us. But, you know, Lindley and I have talked, uh, Lindley talked about the poor importance of being personally sent to share the gospel um, with those around us and that we engage with every day. And for us, it started, well, really with our neighbors. Um, I, I think back when we planted uh, North Point that Lindley mentioned, um, you know, where do you start in a community? Well, you start right next door. And so for us, for us, it's been our neighbors um, where we live currently in, in Utah. And so it's been exciting to see. We have nine neighbors that are surrounding um, our, our home um, that we've gotten to know by name. How many of you know your neighbors, all of your neighbors by name? A few of you. That's good. That's good. That's good. I would challenge you if you don't, find out. Right? Find out. It makes it a lot easier to pray for your neighbors when you know their names. Just a side note. But so we've gotten to know our neighbors um, very well. We have been able to have Christmas open houses the last couple of years and, and hosted our neighbors um, there from all nationalities. We have a family from Turkish, from Argentina, from Afghanistan, mm -hmm. um, 
different faiths um, represented there, as you can imagine. And so it's been really exciting to host fire pit nights um, in our backyard and really just kind of create um, a neighborhood magnet, if you will, in, in, our, at our, um, in our home. We put up yard lights in the backyard. And so um, it looks like Christmas time at our home all the time. So, um, but it attracts attention. And um, we're able to connect with our neighbors in different ways and intentionally build um, relationships. God's also been opening doors um, for me personally to connect with a group of young men. I have four um, men, young men that I've connected with, whether it be at the local gym that I'm connected to um, or the Youth Resource Center. And these are all guys that are unchurched, um, have not been a part of, of a church at all, but have been able to establish relationships with these men that just need someone in their life to help mentor them along um, in relationship. Lindley's building relationships with um, young ladies that have moved maybe into the city for work or school. One of the things that we are finding, um, obviously in the city, is that the city can be a lonely place. Um, when you move to a city for the first time, or even if you've been there for a while, there's so many people, there, everybody has their own group that they're with. And so um, for us, it's been exciting to connect with those people that are just looking for somebody else to be a friend to, mm -hmm. right? And just to have relationships. And so relationships matter. And that's part of us being sent, that God calls us to do this. It's part of the Great Commission, right? And so he calls all of us to connect yeah. with people, our neighbors, people right next door to us, people that we bump into every single day, just a part of our, our natural habits, that God can open doors for com spiritual conversations that we, don't, we wouldn't normally think would happen. And so we're really excited to see God move um, truthfully in that way. But what we're really excited about also is just to see how God is moving from a, from a church planting front. And so um, for us, um, there's been some doors that have opened and um, we're excited. One of those doors is a community called Sunset Vista. And Sunset Vista is a community located in Magna, Utah. And you may or may not know a lot about the whole um, area of Salt Lake, but Magna is kind of like the leftover community, if you will. I don't know, maybe you have one or a few of those types of communities around here. They're kind of on the outskirts, but they kind of don't draw a lot of attention. They're not as maybe nice and pristine areas as others. And um, we've walked through a door there. We had a family that lived at one of the um, pre-manufactured home communities there of about 200 homes. And I took uh, this friend of mine uh, home one day and drove by in this community by a pavilion and a basketball court and a park and a clubhouse. And God just beginning to work in my heart and my life and said, what could I use those spaces for, those community spaces where community is already happening? And so we decided to, in the middle of a pandemic, um, start establishing relationships. And so uh, that's what we did. It started with very simple things like handing out free ice cream sandwiches as we drove down the streets of this community and had people just coming out, kids coming out, families coming out and grabbing a, f a free ice cream sandwich. And we started, we threw block parties there and we threw back to school giveaways there. And um, this last summer hosted our first mobile kids community camps there along with a summer program to follow that up. And God has moved in that community 
in amazing ways. And I'm here to, to tell you today that there's not just three Nazarene churches um, in Utah. There's now four. And that fourth one is in the midst of this community in Sunset Vista. And so we're seeing God at work in some amazing ways there. But this is just the beginning. Um, a few months ago, um, I got an email from a manager from a sister community to this manufactured home community who said, hey, I, uh, I was talking to, um, to Silken the other day. Silken's the property manager at Sunset. And she said, she's mentioned all these, these really cool things you guys are doing over here. Do you think you guys could come to our community and start doing things like that? And so we now have the opportunity to move to another community and start developing relationships. This particular community has 19 other sister communities all around the city. And so we, we envision um, something that just it doesn't uh, sound really sexy, but a network of mobile home community churches. Amen? Amen. Um, and so we're excited to see God work. Again, we're just walking through doors that are opening. And so it's exciting to be able to see um, new people reached. Our dream would be that in every single one of these mobile home communities, that we would be able to purchase a mobile home there that could act as an anchor in those communities, that we could um, host maybe a, a parish pastor there that would also develop maybe after school programs and computer labs, um, a tutoring center and really be able to grow those relationships on the ground there. So that's one way that God is working. And another way uh, that we are seeing uh, God working, and, and really we just believe God is calling us to plant churches in public spaces. When you're in a big metro city, uh, you know that trying to acquire real estate and property uh, could be quite challenging. And so we want to use community spaces and public spaces as much as we can. And so right now uh, we have a, um, a property that we are really in a, a really busy business uh, center uh, that's not only uh, used as our offices, uh, but we are developing it into a nonprofit coffee shop. Uh, and this nonprofit coffee shop is going to help to resource and fund uh, a nonprofit that we have developed called Love on the Move. And Love on the Move uh, exists to provide uh, ways to reach our community in meaningful ways like kids' community camps, mobile resource, uh, food pantries, uh, uh, classes for parents. And uh, so that is one way that we are able to resource all of these activities is through Love on the Move. And and our nonprofit coffee shop is going to help to resource that. But as a bonus, this nonprofit coffee shop is also going to serve as a location for a new church plant. And so God is just continuing to help us to develop uh, these kind of activities. Um, this last summer, we hosted over nine, uh, we ho not over, we hosted nine uh, residents um, for a summer residency program that helped us uh, to develop in communities like Sunset Vista uh, and that helped us to develop in a number of ways all of the things that are happening. We are currently right now in conversation um, with other residents for this summer. And so God is doing a lot of exciting uh, things, 
But we're also excited to see God uh, working to help us uh, to plant churches that are reaching people groups. So right now we have a Congolese congregation that is meeting at Central Church and is forming a church there. We also have a Hispanic congregation that's meeting there. And uh, most recently we were excited to meet a young couple, Alex and his wife Damaris, who moved from Venezuela, said God told us to move to Salt Lake City. And so now they are helping the Spanish church there at Central Church. And we're also in conversation with a Samoan uh, network of people who are passionate and excited about partnering with us to plant uh, a church in our community that will reach the Polynesian community. So God is working in some really exciting ways there. And we just wanted to take a moment just to tell you, how do you, how do you get involved, right? How, um, how can you get involved? There's a, a lot of opportunity. And so um, the first thing that you can be doing is you can be praying for us. Um, you can join our prayer force. That's one of the, uh, the biggest ways um, that you can help us is to be a part of that prayer force and be praying um, for us in that. And um, there were some handouts that moved around uh, there and there's some information on there of the way that you can get connected to our prayer force. And we just send you a quick email, let you know about prayer needs that we have going on and answers to prayer mm. and ways that you can help. So um, we'd love for you to be a part of our prayer force um, the second thing that you can do is you can send a team um, to be a part of the work that is happening here. We're doing a lot of things in the summer and spring and other times. Um, as I mentioned, kids' community camps, we're doing um, different types of um, community development projects. And so you can send a team to, to help us. Another way is you can answer the call. Maybe God is speaking to you um, and saying, hey, guess what? You need to move to Utah. Um, maybe for a short-term or a long-term um, assignment uh, to plant, help us plant a church, maybe serve on a team to plant a church. And, um, you know, we're in the city right now, but we're looking all over um, the state at um, developments and, and places that we could plant. And so maybe you say, you know what, this is an area that's heavy on my heart, and I would love to relocate maybe for a season and help with the work that's happening there. And so we would love, uh, love for that. And then the other thing you can do is you can give to the mission here of what's happening. Um, as Lindley mentioned, we just launched a residency program. And um, this residency program, I feel like, is very crucial to the work that's happening in Utah for a number of reasons. Um, having a residency program, we have a, a home that students get to stay in. Uh, they get to live there um, while they are serving. And honestly, because it's such a fast-growing uh, city and state, um, housing is ridiculous. It is so expensive. And so we know that if we're going to see a movement of God happen there, we have to take money out of the equation in some respect. And so as people are moving in, we felt like it would be important for us to have a residency home to save um, funds um, for people that are moving in to help us with uh, with the, uh, the mission. And so mm -hmm. you can sponsor a resident um, for $100 a month. Um, you can help sponsor a resident. Um, we are looking for about $24,000 a year to fully fund um, our program, both for the summer and for our long-term um, residents. And so um, this is a huge part to that. You could sponsor a church plant, amen? You could help us plant new churches. And so... Um, 
You know, statistically speaking, the average startup cost for a new church is anywhere between two to three hundred thousand dollars. And that's a lot, right? Um, but as we are looking to plant a multiplication movement um, in the state of Utah, we are looking at planting in public spaces. It's a little bit more economical. We're saving um, funds. You would be surprised at the number of places that will actually, um, with the right relationship development, offer up space to you for free or very reduced rates. And so we're able to find these spaces um, to plant churches out of. So we can plant churches for ten, five to $10,000, which is in comparison to two to $3,000, that's, a, that's mm-hmm. a significant savings, amen? And so you can help us sponsor a church plant. Um, you can fund a project. Um, projects that are in the works right now, um, you can give towards um, building a pavilion um, in one of the newer communities that, uh, that God has blessed us to, to open up in Western estates. You could give towards the purchase of a van for our mobile food pantry um, and our residency program. Um, we're hoping to develop community gardens in um, specific communities where we're launching churches. You, could, you can help um, give towards that. Um, sponsor kids community camps. As I mentioned, we would like to launch multiple kids community camps all over the city. And so um, those camps include science, art, and sports camp all wrapped up into one and they're offered free to the community and we serve um, lunch there for them. And it's just a great way for us to establish relationships with Mm -hmm. kids that we're then able to reach their families with. And so this is a big one. You could purchase our first mobile home. (laughs) <laughs> um, in one of our, our um, mobile home community churches. Um, hey, it's, you throw the ask out there, right? You ne- never know. Um, this is a way to be able to really help us develop these relationships in these communities as God continues to call us. Amen. Well, we just want to say thank you. Uh, thank you for allowing us to be here today to share with you, it is such a blessing uh, to be a part of partnering with you, to be a part of the Intermountain District. Uh, I remember coming here three years ago at District Assembly when Pastor Scott uh, affirmed our call to Utah and know uh, that we come on the heels of a great deal of prayer and support for the Utah mission field and interest in that. And uh, so we are grateful. Thank you uh, for the prayers and the many ways that you continue to support the Utah mission field. And uh, God is working, amen, in Utah, and he's working here in Nampa as well. Would you offer a word of prayer with me, Lord? Thank you for our time together. Father, I pray that as we leave this place, that the resounding message in our heart would be that you are sending us out. Lord, that we would be placed in positions and allow ourselves to be positioned in places, Lord, where we can see you at work in some profound and amazing ways. So, Father, we thank you. We pray that you would bless the mission field of Nampa and College Church and the many ways and communities that they reach. And, and Lord, we just pray, Father, that you would continue to expand your kingdom through us. In Jesus' name we pray. And together we said, amen. Amen. Hey, friends, would you join me in thanking uh, Chris and Lindley for their great response? You can stay here for a second. 
I think we often have a bad definition of a miracle, right? Like walking on water, that's great. But like, I think miracles are folks responding to God's call. You are part of God's miracle. And the great thing is God is calling and sending you. And you said God is calling and sending us. Maybe not all of you to Utah. They're kind of full right now. Um, but the key is God. And so we're thankful and proud of you. We're excited to partner with you. And well, it's a challenge to how is God calling and sending us right here in our community. So God bless you guys. We're super excited. We have a lot of conversations about NNU students. They're maybe going to go there down the, down the road. So we're super excited. So blessing them. Thank you guys for being here. God bless you guys. Thanks so much. I'm assuming they can get a hold of you. Yeah, give them a hand. Sure. I would imagine connect with you guys out in the atrium. Is that okay for more information on how to connect with you and uh, give you that, buy that mobile home park for you? So make sure to do that as well. So they'll see you in the foyer. Uh, let's stand um, and thank the Lord as we give the benediction today. Amidst all of life, lots going on. Some good, some hard, but God is still at work in the world. Amen? It's not always easy. But God is faithful, and God's inviting us to be part of a people. Let's pray. Gracious God, we thank you for the Mosers for this word. We thank you for the, the, the courage and the response to your calling. And Lord, as Lindley is saying, you're not just calling them, you're calling all of us. It might look different, but I pray even the, today you would spur in our hearts. How are you inviting to, to join them in the Utah movement? How are you inviting us to be active agents of your reconciliation right here in our communities here. Lord, let us find your work in places that makes us nervous and uncomfortable, but let the courage of the Holy Spirit invite us to respond in faithfulness. We thank you for this and bless their ministry. Amen. See this benediction. May the God who is ascending God send you in love to be that love in your world. Go in hope and grace and peace today. You're dismissed. God bless. Mm -hmm.